and nobody misses like this, man. It's crazy. Welcome back, everybody. Backlash Radio. I'm Anthony from Hook Optics and my brother from the South, Nick Carullo from Front Runner and the Wire Transfer. A couple of weeks, we've had a lot of time. Got to see you a little bit face-to-face, buddy. So it's good to help yep. have you up to the north, passing through. Yeah, man. It's good to see you and see your part of town. What's going yeah, on? Very quiet there the time this time of year. but <laughs> A little cold for me. Yeah. How was your ride? He took, took the 42, 44 Front Runner down? 39, 39, 30, 39. Yeah, we took that from Brielle, New Jersey, down to uh, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, where Front Runner Factory is. I gotcha. So you stopped in Ocean City and got a little bit of fuel and went to Virginia Beach the first day. Virginia Beach the first night, woke up there the next morning, pulled into uh, Moorhead or Buford, right. pulled in there the uh, around lunchtime. That second day, fueled up, kept going, and then made it all the way down to Charleston. Didn't pull in there until about like 6.30, and then uh, just woke up, left Charleston the next day, and made it down to uh, Jacksonville around lunchtime. Pretty good trip overall. No hiccups, cold. Seas were fairly good. Seen some cool stuff. What was the, the, what was the roughest? Uh, man, there was probably a couple sections of some just probably – four foot slot yeah also hatteras was was it crappy then or no? yeah i got a little crappy, crappy there there my two the two worst spots are canaveral and and uh and going around hatteras typically for me it's a quick trip december trip in the center console you earned your pay there yeah it was yeah it was good first time really running the the coast like that so it was cool doing it again soon i'm sure what uh Where'd you stay in Charleston? Mega Dock? We stayed at my buddy Ray that was with me. He had pulled in there with the boat. So we just stayed at a place he was familiar with. I can't really remember the name, but it was a cool little spot. Dockmaster waited for us, which was nice. So yeah, that was nice. Yeah, they wouldn't do that down here. I could tell you that. Gotcha. Well, what's up with yeah. you? What's going on? Well, there's been there's been a lot going on for me. Yeah, let's hear it. <clears throat> well, the blood money, I don't know how many people know already, but the blood money is operation has come to its conclusion. Um, she's for sale. So if anybody's interested, 64 feet, those 33, 34 knots at cruise. And I think it's still one of the baddest fucking, even though it's a 2006, it's one of the baddest boats, baddest boats um, out there, man. I love it. Donnie built Donnie. Case and the builder built us, not us, but built an incredible boat. And we were fortunate to have it for the last five years and be uh, pretty amazing. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a uh, sad, like kind of bittersweet. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, you've been on there for what, like 10 years? Yeah, since 2012, since May of 2012. Yeah, so 11 years. Yeah, 11 years. It was a long time, you know, more than most. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's probably more uh, that's in the upper higher average of long term captains with a boat, you know? Yeah. And that was I don't know why I felt like that was a goal of mine to like I always just wanted to be in. I just wanted the owners to be in the boat and into fishing for as long as they wanted to be. And I wanted to try and make it as enjoyable as I could. So that's kind of where we uh, 
I don't know if Pete the like so there's two owners, Bill, Bill Keller and Pete Gaditis. Um, two guys that I had met over the course of my career and kind of kind of all we all met mesh pretty well together. And I don't know if Pete ever had this in mind when we uh started just me and him. I I, I he hired me because I had looked after his Henriquez um when he was kept the boat in Ocean City. He was a 42 Henriquez, which is a very badass boat. Yeah, that was a, a great boat, 42 feet. Not I kind of fished with him in 2010, 11, or 2009 and 10, I believe. A little bit and looked after the boat when I was working on as a mate on a different boat. I met him as a as a mate. He was chartered us, chartered the boat I was working on. Then he started bringing his boat down from Brielle to Ocean City for the tournaments and stuff and fishing in the fall fishing, which at the time was incredible. I mean, God, that shit. You like everybody would catch like four or five whites a day. And the boat the best boats were catching, you know, 10, 15, 20. Like it, it was not uncommon for somebody to pull into Ocean City with 10. Uh, so Pete wanted to get in the Marlin fishing. He had kind of he'd kind of gone, done the whole he's he's progressed as a boat owner from a 27 Sea Ray to a 35 Henriquez to the 42. And then, you know, he was in the back of his mind. He always wanted to get a a, a bigger boat, like a like a and he went from the 42 to the Kaysen. No, we we had a 56 Viking. Oh, that's right. That's so right. he bought a 40 56 Viking, which ironically, and maybe I don't know. I mean, he called me and asked what he should get into. And I had worked on a 56 Viking for four years. And I kind of was like, and he I knew that he was trying, he was thinking about hiring me as as like kind of a mate caretaker, you know, maybe a delivery captain. That was kind of all I was hoping for at the time, is just to take it places and he would run it. Cause when when I was fishing with him on the Henriquez, he would run the boat and then I would uh you know, do the mate stuff. So I was working on the Bill Fisher and he was he was kind of looking at these boats and he stumbled across a 56 and um 56 Viking, 2006 56 Viking, ball number 56857. And it was in Fort Myers, Florida, and it was a decent deal. So he sold the Henriquez that winter when I was on the Bill Fisher and I had got axed from the Bill Fisher. I kind of needed a job and he needed somebody to look after his boat that he hadn't bought yet. So he bought the boat and in May of 2012, I drove down there with a minivan full of fishing stuff. And we fished in Key West for a little bit, caught nothing because I didn't know anything about Key West fishing. So we were out there trolling like, like at a hundred fathoms trying to catch a white marlin that didn't exist there. <laughs> little what time of year is that? It was May. Like it was probably pretty good in Key West. So, oh yeah. Probably right on the edge. There was probably yeah. all the fish you wanted. Oh man. So we yeah, were out there. Epic down there. Yeah, we could we were out there trolling dredges and catching mahis and just dead bait trolling because that's all I really knew how to do. And but that's all we had stuff to do because we didn't bring a lot of stuff. So we brought it up. I did it, did the ride with the delivery captain. Um I broke my ankle on the way. That was fun. And uh, how'd you do that? I went downstairs. We were off a off a frying pan shoals between Charleston and Moorhead, and it kind of got shitty. And then it got shittier, and then it got really shitty. And there was a 
there was about I could I walked downstairs to like make a sandwich or something. There it was he was probably I don't know. I run a boat pretty hard, so I'm not saying that he was running the boat too hard, but he was we were pushing that thing and I saw uh the bow like one of the the cabinets doors opening. So I just like ran up and tried to run up there real quick without telling him I was going up there to close it. And I went up there and we went off a wave and I bounced off the ceiling. I bounced off the floor and I bounced off the ceiling and I bounced off the floor again. And I, I like broke my ankle. Like, I don't know if I sprained my ankle or broke my ankle, but it was fucking horrible. Um, so I was on the back couch. Most of the, most of the ride, the rest of the way, we took it to Atlantic city, had a little bit of work done. Then we started fishing. Um, I think our first, first day, second day, second day ever fishing. Maybe it was our first day. I think it was our first day. We caught a dozen. It was June. We caught a dozen or our limit of yellowfin. So there was only four of us on the boat. So that would have been a dozen. And we jumped off a of white marlin and we kind of started from there. And then that was out of Brielle. We brought it back down to Ocean City and you know, started fishing, fished a little bit. He would run the boat for the first season. He ran the boat all day from the time we left the dock to the back of the, and he would drive down and then drive back, which I thought was a lot because he drew, he lived in Brielle and Brielle's like a three and a half hour drive. He drives like a lunatic. So it might be two, two and a half, three hour drive. So the next year we brought the boat to Florida. We did a little bit of sail fishing. We broke an outrigger. Um, didn't really catch many sailfish. And then we went to Abacos and we did a BBC. We did pretty well. The first day we did a pre-fishing day and caught a blue and a white. And like, apparently that was pretty good back then. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then we fished the BBC and that was that was tough. We had a blue marlin eaten by a shark. I'd never seen that. And uh we caught like a 70, 70 something pound dolphin. Which was cool. We won the dolphin money, whatever that was. So that was our first nice. foray. And then he went to like BOW and he got these like super oversized poly balls. And then he was like, Well, I'll see you. And it was like early May. And he was like, I'll see you in Ocean City. And I was like, He's like, I had just got my captain's license. He's like, You could take it home, find somebody to ride with you. I was like, Fuck. All right, here we go. So, we left Palm Beach and did the trip. Um, I did the first leg of the trip with a guy named Joseph Albritton. Super nice guy. One of the one of the good people in the industry that's no longer with us. Uh, died in a plane crash. Headed to wow. the, from Charleston to uh, um, the Bahamas. Just the nicest guy in the whole world. Always had time Small for plane. me. Yeah. Had, always had time for me when I pulled into Charleston. Just a, just a great guy. So um, did the trip with him. And then uh, that we were in Ocean City. It was 2011 or 2012. Fishing was amazing, man. Like we had some, we kind of, we kind of stumbled upon a really good bite. And then the next day, my, we, me and me and him went fishing just us two. We caught one white or we missed, jumped off two whites that day. And the next day we just made a little adjustment. And we found some fish. We I think we were like six for twelve in a blue marlin. It was nice. really really good. And uh, the next next week and a half, that was in July. It was phenomenal. We we kind of got in on that, and we had some good fishing. But I mean, 
to think about where we were and where we come and how far we come like the fishing was so good back then like you could not have a clue like we did and still catch fucking five six ten some days so yeah we did that and then we went to florida again no the next year we went to mexico and that by that time i was kind of running the boat a little bit more um on the way out and the way in and that he would sleep and then we went to mexico and i started running the boat a lot more i was like 23 me and my buddy Ryan Knapp, I was 23 or 24, and he was 22. He was a year younger than me. And we went over there, got our ass kicked. It was ugly. So, got smoked, dude. But it was I fun. It was away. a good learning good just learning experience. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just, I just didn't, like, didn't know. Like, I knew that I, I went with enough humility. Now, people might think otherwise about some other people but for me i went with it i was like i know who knew who was going to be there that was still isla was still kind of the spot where like a lot of people were going it was before costa rica got super big so there was a lot of boats there a lot of really good fishermen and i just like we got smoked and i mean we still had great fishing like we still caught like our best day was like 30 Thing. That's when boats were getting like 60 bites, right? Yeah, yeah. And we missed out. Like, we just didn't have, there were some days that we just missed out. We didn't have great fishing. But even some of the days, like, because we, we just didn't have people there for that. But uh, we learned a lot, you know, and I kind of got my feet, my, my fishing feet under me a little bit more. And by the summer, next summer, we were charter, we charter the fished and I was running the boat almost the, the whole time. Pete kind of. We started, and over the years, we built it. We started grabbing people, we kind of built our team. My uncle was the first one. My uncle, Ernie, Ernie Eckenrode, were the first two. And then uh, Donnie Moore was got on the boat too after he sold his topaz. And we kind of, kind of started building the team. And, you know, we, we really understood and I mean, we really understood like that we needed the fish out as a team and be you know it it seems simple now for us to think like oh everybody's got to be holding a rod and being very attentive but it was it, it was hard like we didn't we knew that but we didn't know exactly how to do it right because we had all fished on boats had done well my uncle would fish on the tranquilo in the pacific during this time when we were kind of kind of learning and building and we kind of got a good group of people that could always make it when Pete made it. And then I was charter fishing a little bit. So I was fishing a little bit more and learning more and building my network. And then during that trip to Mexico, that first trip is when I met Bill Keller. So I think we were three years into it when, when we took the blood money to Mexico. Yeah, it was three years. So um i met this guy named bill keller who chartered us he was ocean city started fishing out of ocean city he had a 33 foot grady white at the time and he was fishing with us and he was like yeah i'm gonna buy one of these one day and travel and do exactly like this right and i'm like you know you know how many people tell you uh, as yeah. a captain like how many people actually tell you and there's maybe a tenth of them that actually do it right well i found out he he sent me a link to uh, a boat that he had a contract on. 
And I was like, man, and we were, we were at the time Pete was the primary. What year was this? This was probably 14, the summer of 14. And Pete was the primary owner. You know, and I was, they were already I, good. They were already good friends before this. No, no. I, they, the only reason why I brought it up to Pete, I was worried for Bill that he was. Oh, gonna so you kind of made this happen then. Yeah. I was, I was worried for Bill that he was going to get in over his head and get mixed up with the wrong captain or a boat that was too expensive to maintain as, as like the first boat. Cause 33 foot Grady White to a, a 58 Carolina boat. It's a big jump. You know, oh, that's yeah. so I was kind of, so I, I kind of was like thinking about how, and I wanted to kind of progress with the program and Pete, you know, being in his, in his mid forties at the time, like he was still very, he's still very involved in his business. So he can't get away as, as much as he'd like. So, and I was charter fishing, but I didn't want to always take charters because they were hard on the boat. Right. And so, and I wanted to fish just a little bit more, you know, you always want to fish a little bit more. Oh yeah. So, Bill, I got in contact with Bill and I had a couple conversations with him and I brought Pete the idea of of him leasing the boat. And uh from him to kind of as an investor and using the boat. And if nothing like set in stone or whatever, if he wanted to after a year or two, you know, go do his own thing, then he could have done it, you know. But it worked out for everybody, you know, Pete and Bill being pretty, pretty humble guys that you know, trusted me to do handle it all. You know, we all worked pretty well together, you know, and I think it, it took a lot of patience from them with me dealing, 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 having me do it as a young captain. Cause at that time I was still in my 26, 27, I think. So we did like, and then we were, that was like the last piece. Cause we were, we had made with Bill brought a, brought the budget so, so he to, bought into the viking yeah yeah so he didn't really buy did you... in he he bought time this is like 2016 and then when did you get the blood okay so we got the casing boat in the summer of 2018 in july 2018. of 2018 yeah and that's kind of i mean i wouldn't say that we were off to the races because like we were we were becoming more and more competitive with the viking and i was like getting the boat figured out and understanding kind of understanding and the crew was kind of understanding what we had to do to be be competitive right and we were doing that we were building with the viking and then bill has had always wanted he he had been familiar with the casins uh just because he his dad lived in the area and he was like we should build a casin i was like that sounds amazing we should do that and then lo and behold this one comes up and so we go through this the 64 foot case and with the idea that we might go to build one. Right. And, uh, lo and behold, that thing comes up for sale out of nowhere. And we, we procure that. And we basically bill and Pete switch roles and we were kind of off to the races. And that's when we really started to be competitive. It wasn't really honest. I'll be honest with you. It wasn't really hard. We weren't really competitive until we got the sonar. Like we were one of the first boats to get it. And I advocated for it on the Viking. And it was so such a new technology at the time because there was only one boat that had it. And I was like advocating for it, advocating for it, because I, I I just knew it was going to change, change the game. And then we got it and it changed the game. Like it was yeah. 
and I got pretty good with it. And we were, we kind of gelled as a team and as a program, kind of that 18, that 17, 18, and then 19 is when, you know, we won our first tournament, the Mid-Atlantic 500,000, which was a moment because we had tried so hard, you know. And, you know, it doesn't feel as good. It, it You know, those tournaments up there, it's so, so much based on luck, but I felt like we were always in the right spot watching the fucking winner be killed next to us you know whether it be a white or a blue and i felt like we were doing the right things and it was getting frustrated and there were so many times either there are certain tournaments where we'd watch the watch the winner or somebody have a great day right next to us or we were so we made so many bad decisions and couldn't convert we were like wondering like what the fuck all these boats that are successful do you know even though I'd fished on a good couple good boats out of Ocean City. I mean, I just didn't understand how the captains were thinking at the time, you know? Yeah. So you go through like, you know, and you feel like you have everything to we I felt like we had everything to compete on the Viking. And then we got the Cason boat and I felt like we were still competing, right? Like I felt like we definitely had everything to compete then. And then we got the sonar. And then we really then I was like, okay. And even when we got the sonar, we weren't like smoking everybody. I was just kind of, I was just figuring it out the first season. But the second season we had the sonar, maybe it was the first season, 2000, I think we won the 2019 Mid-Atlantic. And uh, we kind of got lucky. We were finally the lucky ones. And that was a real moment. That was probably, I think probably with a favorite moment of our time on the blood money. It was like, would you? Now, what'd you catch that tournament? Uh, we caught a 91 pound white marlin on the second day and four That's others. Right. Er, Ernie backlash one on the flat line, the left flat it was the last fish of the day, but we already had a 90 pounder and caught four others in the boat. But 90 pounder. That's got to feel pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, they, they told me I didn't, I'm not one of those captains that like go down there and measure it, you know, and look at the measurement unless it's like a marginal fish, but. When they told me it was like a, I can't remember what it was, 72 and a half or something like that. So it was plenty legal. So I was like, it's fucking dead, whatever. Uh, so so it, it was legal. And so I didn't need to go down there and measure the length and girth because it, it was what it was. We were going to come, it was playable. Yeah. So we took it home and weigh it. And they told me it was 82 pounds with the formula and they hung it and it was 91 pounds. And there's a pretty good video of that. That's a real, that's a, that was a real moment for us, man. Like to, to finally put in so much work like we had had and, and like just get a little bit better every, every year and then have the investment from Bill and with the sonar. And, you know, we had Kevin as the maid at the time, Kevin Knotts, who, you know, he was a, he was a full-time part-time. He was, he was always had a full-time job, but he was the mate that year. And uh, we had an incredible team. My uncle Bill, Bill and Pete, obviously, and then my uncle Bill, Donnie Moore, Ernie Eckenrode, and Zach Smith. And man, all the all the everybody was there. Moms, girlfriends. It was just a magical time, you know. It was cool. Yeah, it was a real moment, and that was yeah, a real moment for you. I mean, running the boat, yeah, and yeah, real, and like, winning, and yeah, and that was like. You know, we caught four, and I felt good about that. We caught no better feeling than that. Yeah, 
you know, it finally, you know, it was just like we had been at the boat since we had been at it. Um, we'd been at it since fucking, you know, for seven years at that point, you know, we had nothing to really show for it on the, on the, uh, you know, on the, on the, in the trophy cabinet, there wasn't a trophy cabinet. It was non-existent. Nobody, I don't think any, we really believe that I was, I felt like I was the only one that really believed that at the time that we were really going to get to the point, get to this point, you know, and it took a lot of patience from myself and Bill and Pete and the rest of the guys, the guys were very patient with me as I was learning and Bill and Pete funded a lot of my fucking mistakes, you know, running out there and you're fucking go 85 90 miles and you get there and you look at it and you just know you're fucked yeah you know and you you can't do nothing about it you're so far out there in the middle of nowhere me pete we loved we love talking about water and analyzing the water shots and stuff like that like i still do right and over the summer he calls me every day at eight in the morning to talk about who's caught what and where's the water what have you and we would do a lot of hero or zero. We would agree upon doing a lot of hero or zero stuff uh, early on in the program. And we didn't really understand consistency and trying to put together, you know, not, not trying to swing for the fences and catch a hundred, you know, just go there and, you know, in the mid Atlantic five, six is pretty good day to try to get yourself in those areas. And our thinking changed. And as our as our network grew and my understanding of the fishing changed and the mid-Atlantic was kind of like the where it clicked, you know, that season we were we were I was understanding things. I felt like I could get bit in a fleet. I was really like, yeah, uh, you know, you know how you start to see little things when you're fishing. And they didn't, you know, two or three years before that, you wouldn't have noticed that little edge. Oh yeah, a little temp change or, or or what have you. So, and that's that that Mid Atlantic, the 2019 Mid Atlantic when we won, we were. That's when it clicked. You know, I felt like, and we were we are off to the races after that. I I wouldn't say that, but you know, the Mid Atlantic, and then the we. I don't think we we did any tournaments after the Mid Atlantic. Maybe the. I think the two other ones that were there were, were weathered out, but that was a real moment. You know, everybody was there. We finally won something. We had a fucking giant party on the boat that Friday night of the mid Atlantic. I mean, yeah, it was giant. <laughs> a lot of big bottles of champagne and, and, uh, just a lot of happy people. So yeah, that's awesome. Work. Yeah. So and then that's, I felt like that's where it clicked and everybody got confidence. And, you know, that next season we would get on the boat and, you know, they wouldn't, there wouldn't be any questions about where we would go. There was just like, we're going to, it was like pre, a preconceived notion that we were going to go out there and get them, whether it was a fun day or a tournament or what have you. And that next season we started off 2020 was COVID, right? We started off in, in the jimmy johnson and we were very competitive in that and from then on you know i felt like we could win every tournament we we killed a oh the and then the mid-atlantic we also killed two others the next day we called five the next day too that year that we won it 
And then we went up to the Jimmy Johnson, did that the inaugural year. And uh, I think we were like fourth overall. And we had caught the second place white marlin. We lost by a tenth of a pound. Where they hang the hang the marlins from the crane. They still do that for that tournament. Yeah, uh, we lost by a crazy a pound on a crane swing. Yeah, but either way, it was great. Ernie, Ernie got stabbed by the marlin in his leg, in his calf. It went in one one side and out the other. So, jeez, yeah. So we we were doing well in that tournament, and that morning. I don't know where we were, somewhere outside the the Toms, the Carteret, and uh, we caught like five out of five out of six in the first like two out by by nine thirty. We were fucking getting them, and the only other boat there was at the time was the Viking boat, and then we got this round scale spearfish, and he comes in the boat and he fucking goes right through Ernie's leg, right right above his Achilles. Like where his calf and his Achilles come together. Oh jeez! And I was like, "Oh my god!" There's blood everywhere. There's a great video of it. He goes, "How's oh, how it's on my leg?" Maybe Rach, maybe Rach could put it in here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a. So we ran back at 30, 37, 38 knots. There, we probably didn't need to do that. The helicopter would have come. In hindsight, we should have just put him on the helicopter and kept getting them. But, um. But we ended up doing well. And then that, that was where the confidence like really began. Like then we were consistent in every tournament we fished for almost the next two years, dude. It was fun. Just getting on the boat, you know, because you know me well enough now. And I think the people listening know like I'm not the most optimistic, happy go lucky person. I'm kind of I can be kind of glass half full. <laughs> so, so you know, and I, I don't know. I was just like I, it's an ocean city thing, I think. Like you can't like to keep your people humble they just humble they try to humble themselves and just be like this woe is me can't catch a break you know i'm never going to be the one getting them type people and um my mindset changed you know after we won that mid-atlantic i felt like finally you know and uh you know growing up with the, on the viking like it never really felt like we were going to get on the boat we were going to get them you know what i mean yeah. Like there was always a lot of there was always a lot of opinions about where we should go and you know who was catching what and stuff like that. And you know, as we progressed, I was able to learn a lot, lot more. And then like after the mid-Atlantic win, we started to be consistent in our fun fishing and our charter fishing days. You know, a lot of that didn't didn't happen. And it was just all smiles, and they're just like everybody's like, Where we're we gonna where are we going today, Cap? And I would tell them and they'd be like, all right, well, they're going to be there. I was like, well, I mean, it's not, we don't, you know, if, if, if everything I think is right is right, then we'll be there. But like, it seemed like those guys, once they, they got a lot of confidence in me and I got a lot of confidence in myself, I was like, I was like pretty, felt yeah. pretty good. And then you get down and then you get on the boat and you just know that, you know, with the team that we have and the guys like Donnie, everybody had fished in Los Sueños and, you know, the people that didn't fish in Los Sueños, they were fishing. They we all fished that way. Like how we how you had to fish in Los Sueños to be competitive. And all that came together for the next couple of years. And you know, I feel like you I mean, I wasn't as prolific as you were because you you were dominating, you know, when you won all those jackets and stuff like that. But I mean, I felt like I we were in the top ten of 
you know a lot of the bigger tournament the big tournaments around here and uh, that's hey man that's that's dominating yeah i felt top 10 out of a couple hundred boats yeah so but like i I don't know like that when we had the it was just because bill and pete they were patient enough with me to let me build the program and they were they supported me enough to let us build the program with the right people and it was just a matter of time and it's easy to say this now looking back on it it was only a matter of time but it took a long time and like people were like oh man you have another great day you're always getting them i was like Y'all don't remember when I was a fucking 25-year-old fucking nobody, like, getting my ass whooped every fucking day, the Bill Fisher. Oh, you're just, like, right next to them. They're in this, that was when they had that Spencer boat, and you just knew when they showed up, it was fucking over. Yeah. And I just hated that. Like, I, and I knew, like, as soon as the Viking boat and Higgins was running it, and Johnny, when the, they were really like really really good i just like could not get around like once i got around those guys i'd fall apart and it took a long time for those guys to start trusting me and those guys worked a a lot of held the rods for a lot of shitty days that they probably didn't deserve you know yeah but they stuck with me i'm super thankful and uh yeah when we got the casing boot uh, we really got it dialed in with the sonar and i learned how to fish a little bit better with it and just fish a little bit better overall uh, we felt really good and the guys just getting on the boat and just all smiles in the morning just knowing that we are going to go out there and have a good day and if we didn't and we you know it was a mistake and you know nobody really got too riled up we started taking ourselves a lot less seriously like in 1920 like in in 1819 we definitely stopped taking ourselves and maybe i just stopped taking myself so fucking seriously and just started enjoying it a little bit better it was a special time and a special group of people i'll never forget it like they're all my best friends still i mean i'm super thankful for in that 2020 year it felt so good to be one of those guys you know i never yeah. thought i'd get there i never thought that we'd get there you know i thought the boat was going to get there before i did i just thought i'd get fired or they'd get tired of me, or I'd, I'd fucking just give up fishing. And then somebody else would take it over and go kick ass, you know? Because I had everything, like, there was everything to, to. it was all there. And I just needed to click in the gear a little bit. And, you know, the last couple of years, Kevin, the mate, um, was a full was a full-time pipe fitter and full-time mate for a couple of years. And then uh, we had Ayrton prior get on the boat the last couple of years and man he was a joy and it's just been a good run man it's i'm 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 not bummed out i always knew it was going to come to an end it wasn't going to go on forever but that's yeah. been the, one of the greatest privileges of my life to spend you know basically 10 years with pete and i and the guys but you know seven years with bill and everybody the way it was it was it was special to to work it up to that point and finally just get there and uh i don't know man i I can't i can't thank pete and bill enough for giving me the chance and and just the what the atmosphere we created around the boat i think was the most special thing i mean yeah man it's important dude i mean just building uh 
camaraderie in the team and that's what makes it you know what it is and what you'll remember you know yeah and i was just super thankful it was special when we had all the 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 next year 2020 we did great in the jimmy johnson and then we started we hit hit the ground running when the white marlin open we've we lost on time for top boat we caught a 200 102 pound yellowfin and we lost on time uh for top boat which was really all i ever wanted all my whole my whole career is based on winning the top boat and the white marlin open you know anybody i think anybody could go out there and catch a 90 pounder i mean i certainly when we caught the 91 pounder wasn't like we're definitely i know where he fucking lives and we're definitely gonna go catch him yeah i was just like it was just a fish that ate the long rigger and we just got really really tense after we saw him jump once you know and it got everybody in in the nervous so i never felt like there was a whole lot of skill involved in catching a 90 pound white marlin but i think being the top boat out of 400 something boats is something to be proud of even though you don't win that much we were second we lost to the wish uh reeling and dealing i think um weaver boat from cape may and but yeah i mean that was that was a cool because we got to still go in the in the in the way in the way our giant tuna giant yellowfin and we had like we picked everybody up on the way in yeah we picked everybody up at mr ducks on the way in while we waited so there was like 20 people on the boat we get there we weighed the tuna and you know we had a five five white marlins i think was what we caught the last day to get us to, to tied for first or loss of second second place but tied for first and um that was cool because fishing was tough that year too so i don't know we got on a roll and then we did well in the mid-atlantic we were we we won we had three days of fishing or two days of fishing for the poor girls we were super competitive with that we were second second place in that and then we were third place overall in the mid-atlantic that next tournament and then we won the labor day tournament um there should say marlin club labor day tournament and that was kind of the best season that's always the season I kind of envisioned was like being up there and building that group. And there was just like so much fun and like it was easy. It wasn't easy, a lot of work, but like it was, it felt easy at the time. You know, I feel like when you get in yeah, that yeah. groove, you're like, but you, it, when it feeling easy, it's only because you put the work in the years before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, how do you um, think now? Like, you know, obviously it's, a scary transition you know going into something new but you know how do you feel you think transitioning to you know whatever the new the next program is and you know being able to put together a good team you know now that you've kind of done it you did it from scratch now to wherever you go doing that again and building that same just camaraderie and team atmosphere and stuff like yeah i i you know i'm 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 excited for the challenge but i'm pretty terrified at the same time you know because having bill and pete be the be the main contribute obviously the the owners of the boat and having them kind of be a little bit they gave me a lot of a lot of leeway and a lot of rope 
you know, sometimes probably enough to hang myself with. But they 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 trusted me, you know, from the very beginning and they were patient with me. And I don't I'm scared. I'm I'm nervous that maybe I don't get, I get in with people that, you know, they see what we did on the blood money and think like, oh, man, he can just get on the boat and make it happen. And they don't realize that it takes six, seven guys and two good mates to really make it happen, you know, in the cockpit, not missing any fish and, you know, and not being rattled on the first day when you don't really do that well. You know, there was years yeah. after, after the first day where I'd be, be I'd mind fuck myself so much that, you know, that we never recovered. And now like having the belief from the guys and from the owner owners that like we can recover like they we just go again you know and i feel like having i don't know i'm pretty scared dude i'm not like scared like but you know i just think that i hope that wherever i end up they don't want to they don't think that it's just gonna be like i get on the boat and that's like that maybe if i get lucky and there's an established program and for some reason i find myself on the right boat and you know everything else is in 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 play that like already in, inserted and put together and i can just jump in there and mesh but i just don't think that's how it works you know there's going to yeah. be challenges i'm i think i'm a little bit more prepared for it now but i i'll be honest i'm pretty scared i mean i had a lot of leeway with with the boat pete and bill really didn't bother me or th- i would say they bought didn't they've been like they they just let me do my thing because they knew it was all going to be ready to rock. You know, if they had questions, I answered them. So I'm I'm excited because you know maybe I get to go some places and 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 build my skill a little bit more in some other places that I haven't been to or been in a while, and get to know some different people. You know, there's lots of boats on the dock, and you know I fish on a lot. Thankfully, you know as a guest or as a sonar guy or stuff. So. But I don't know. It's going to be difficult to recreate what we got going, what we had there. It's it's special. Yeah, but it's going to make you. Yeah, but it's just going to make you a better. Yeah. Captain, captain overall in the end game. Yeah. I mean, just challenging yourself to basically, you know, get outside your comfort zone again and, you know, do it again with new people and new boat, new program. And it's yeah. it'll overall, it's, you know, in a couple of years, you'll be like, damn, like now look where we yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to take a couple years and I'm fine with that. I'm ready for that next challenge. I feel like I'm I'm prepared mentally like I can things that would bother me or you know would mess a whole day up now. You know, we had one day in the DR where my mate Nathan threw a fucking rod in the water with a blue marlin attached to it. You know, I just kind of I was like, "All right, just break out another rod." get it you know and years out. ago that would have ruined the day you know yeah, yeah. and he didn't throw it nathan if he hears this he didn't throw it it was a mistake it, it it's something that just happens but uh you know that sort of stuff i would have freaked out instead you know the, the couple times we just i just took the boat out of gear or i had nathan you know i was like nathan come up here and he was he felt bad and i was like dude like just go grab a grab three solo solo cups or four solo cups because there's only four of us fishing that day grab a bottle just all pour us a shot and kind of we'll we'll have a hard reset here you know 
we yeah. did like that was kind of that sort of stuff that would have ruined my day and the the guys i grew up fishing with that something like that would have ruined the day and now I'm, i have enough perspective now to know that like we're not out here saving lives you know and having real shit go on you know granted yeah. now we can have real shit go on we it's been documented well some of the shit that i found myself in on on the blood money but you know in the grand scheme of things what we're doing is just out there trying to have a good time and maybe be competitive yeah you know so i'm i'm more more set for you know depending on like if if i get on a program that's like really hard charging and has a high standard you know if i don't hit the ground running then i can deal with that and then if i have another program where maybe we're building something and we're getting the bites and we're missing fish it's just part of it you know i'm not gonna lose my shit over it like i would have when i was a kid yeah. you know 2017 16 or 17 i remember we had everything that was the first year where we really had like two mates and everybody holding a rod anglers and we were we even had a tower guy and uh god we were fucking them off and we were getting bites and like we just couldn't get it to click just one of the you would we're just beating our it was like we went from all right getting more to not being able to get the bites to getting bites now then we weren't converting and shit was going wrong and then i had a fucking meltdown like a fucking child yeah during the mid-atlantic and uh they, them two sat me down i always i knew when bill and pete both called me together when they were already on the phone it was either a really good thing or a really bad thing <laughs> so yeah. they could have fired me then and i think they crossed my mind crossed their minds two or three times but they were patient with me and uh super thankful for that and, uh -huh. yeah so i don't know i'm i'm more prepared i'm excited but i'm terrified at the same time so different boat you know i've only really fished on two boats ran two boats my entire life you know that viking which was an amazing that was like the best best boat to be a 23 24 year old captain on because you just yeah. call the factory and you're just like oh just do this you, you might need to change this and you just do it there's no paint work it's all gel coat it's pretty tough gel coat's pretty tough if you take care of it yeah, yeah. everything's labeled then we got on the casein boat and there's a little bit there was a lot of there was a lot of owners and there's a lot of a lot of derelict wires and stuff like that yeah but it was it was the right progression for me i'm super thankful for it and i'm excited for the yeah new what, chapter yeah new chapter but like, i can't say that i'm not like it's just bittersweet you know yeah absolutely i mean that's normal because like i was talking to pete's pete's girlfriend who's been with him since a little bit before i started working on the boat before so she's she's been my pal you know lucy and uh, and um uh, lisa bill's wife and donnie moore heather and all the wives everybody and girlfriends have been like part were like it was like a, a big family for a long time man. it was it was really really special i don't know if i'll ever get anything like that again if i do uh it'll be the another great blessing but you know my my brother and my father fish with me a lot you know i had one of the greatest days of the of my career out there my bill we were right there at the top of the marlin club another dream of mine was to win the 
win the top vote for the seasonal Marlin clubs. And, you know, I got to do an overnighter when my, when Bill was always nice enough and Pete was too, that, you know, if there was fishing available and the guys wanted to use the boat or my, you know, if I could get a crew together, they let me take the boat, you know, and, you know, that's fucking, you know, on an overnighter, it's pretty yeah. cool. Hell yeah. You know, had one of the best, best trips of my, of my life with my family, my brother, my mom, my dad, Ayrton, Nathan, my uncle, Bill. It was, I, it was perfect, man. Yeah. Whole squad. Yeah. And so I'm, yeah. Yeah. yeah you'll never forget those days. Yeah, dude. It's just in the boat. Like I said, the boat. I mean, I don't know if you saw it too much up close, but it's an aggressive looking boat. It just, it just looks like a weapon, dude. And it is. Yeah. So I'm going to miss the boat. I'm going to miss the program. I'm going to miss two guys that really supported me over the years and my, the rest of the guys in the cockpit, you know, Donnie and Donnie, Ernie, Uncle Bill, Zach, Kevin. Ayrton, you know, there's a team full of killers there for a little bit. You know, nobody really missed that much. Yeah. And, uh, and all the, all the, everybody, you know, that came along with them, you know, the party, the parties after some of those tournaments, we were successful where I would just sit on the dock and not participate and just look at it and be like, finally, we're fucking doing it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And see everybody having a great time after a great tournament. Even if we didn't win like all the money that we should have or win top boat or we we just third place, whatever, it was something to celebrate. And years at the beginning, it was like we didn't even know where to start, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Super thankful. You'll know. do it again, bro. We did it once. We'll so. do it again. But it was fun. I loved it. And I, like I said, the level of patience that everybody showed with me as I was this shithead kid that thought he knew more than he did was amazing and i'm thankful for that so but yeah now on to the on to the next thing yeah so if anybody needs a 64 case and the baddest boat on the planet well not the baddest boat on the planet but pretty badass boat for being built in 2006 damn you get you get paid by casing no i i can't say enough about them dude the thing's fucking incredible yeah. So, hopefully, I get the. If I ever get to run it again, I'll be so happy. So, yeah, you never know. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for indulging me, Nick. Indulging my my reflection here. So, kind of. So what, what's the word? Reminiscent. Okay. Yeah, reminiscent. Cathartic. I think it is. There you go. Talk about it a little. Google bit. that one, guys. I don't know. It was good, man. It was a long, it was a long, a lot of patience. Patience, I would suggest if anybody's getting to look into boat or boat ownership partnership or getting the getting a boat with a captain who's young or any captain, you better be patient because you know that that has it's just part of it, man. You gotta nobody knows, you know, this is not an exact science, this fishing thing. And when you get hot, it seems so easy, but you don't really think about what all the shit you have to deal with when you didn't have a clue, you know? Yeah. We didn't have a fucking clue, dude. We were so bad. I remember being on the south, on the northeast corner of the Wilmington, and they were biting. And we, I watched the Viking boat catch like five right next to us, and we didn't get a bite. And it seemed like 
they were so far, far from where we were that it didn't even think, I don't even think they looked at, I don't know if they even knew we were there. You know, you ever been like in a fleet getting sacked up so bad that the, the big, the, the best boats, you're like, do they even know we're there here? You know? And like, well, we if just, they do, they don't even mind that you're there. Cause no, just they, don't. Own, they don't, they don't, they, yeah. they're, they're just in their own thing. They're like, Oh, yeah. well, let's grab uh, your popcorn and watch the show. Yeah. That's basically, I swear that like back then, you know, that was the, don't worry. I've watched plenty of shows. That was the John Duffy, Ryan Higgins show for the longest time. And uh, Keith Greenberg was really good then. I mean, they're still all really good, but John yeah, yeah. doesn't run run the Bill Fisher anymore. And Ryan doesn't run the Viking boat anymore. Um, yeah, I've seen Ryan put on some shows. Oh, my God. Even so down funny. here, dude, he's, yeah. he's up and it's down the coast, dude. dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just would see those boats in that in that echelon and be like, man, just one day, one thing could happen. I like it. It kind of worked out. Yeah, super thankful. Thanks for indulging me, everybody. And I didn't cry. I was kind of hoping it was cry when we like hang the, up. Yeah, I was kind of <laughs> I was kind of thinking it was going to end differently, but I don't know. I don't have any. I'm just thankful that I had the time with my team and thankful for Pete and Bill for putting up with me for so long. So, well, I'm sure they're just as thankful. Thank you everybody for listening to my, my reflection. Thanks for listening, Nick. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. And uh, we'll be interested to uh, be talking about what's next for you. Yeah. So we'll talk, uh, we'll some good time. Try and crank out a couple more pods here this week, hopefully guys. So we apologize. Just been a lot going on. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please get into be the holiday season. Please check out Hook Optics. Yeah, get some glasses. Um, oh, I also have to thank, thank Bill and Pete for always being open to having a Hook Optics flag and, you know, being a big part of building building our brand. I think that what we did on the Blood Money had a lot to do with it, and I'm super thankful for, for them being encouraging about that because i know other people wouldn't so um yeah i'm thankful so thanks everybody